0: Mark Sanborn said, Your success in life isn't based on your ability to simply change. It is based on your ability to change faster than your competition, than your customers, and your business. Hey, this is Greg McAfee, and welcome to The Greg McAfee Show. Now let's get started. Hi, Greg McAfee here once again with The Greg McAfee Show, and just want to let you guys know that uh, if you're not subscribed to uh, the YouTube or the pod channel, feel free to do so. Each week I put out this content uh, because I really want to see each and every one of you succeed. So hit the subscribe button, turn on the notifications, and on every Tuesday when I put out a new episode, uh, you'll be the first to see it. So uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for being part of this. Um, as always, uh, my goal is to help you grow your small business and give you some uh, new ideas and help you think differently. And if I can do that, I, I did what I was uh, supposed to do. So today we're going to talk about change. Uh, this is all part of planning. We talked about how much time you need to think about yesterday, how much time you need to think about today. And we talked about how much time you need to think about tomorrow. Uh, Very few people think enough time about tomorrow. Um, We're stuck on today putting fires out, and we need to start planning and thinking more uh, about tomorrow because tomorrow is basically what matters. Um, In order to uh, grow your business and get somewhere you haven't been, in other words, to that next level, tomorrow is what we're going to talk about. So you've got to change today. And that's what we're going to talk about, change. The definition of change here is um, to make something different and better than it would have been if you just left it alone. And uh, Mark Sanborn said, your success in life isn't based on your ability to simply change. It is based on your ability to change faster than your competition, than your customers, and your business. Because remember, if Henry Ford would have asked, His customers, what they wanted, they would have set a faster horse. And they got something totally different uh, with the Ford. And uh, the Ford, as you know, the Ford kicked butt for many years. And it was different than a faster horse, that's for sure. Okay, so there's a couple different types of change. Um, There's forced change. There's cosmetic change. There's incremental change, and there's strategic change. Um, forced change is driven by events outside of our control. So um, a force change, uh, good or bad, a forced change would be that one of your technicians came down with a coronavirus, for heaven's sake, uh, I think we've all been there, done that, but they came down with the coronavirus, and they have to be quarantined for so long, and then everyone around them has to be quarantined for so long. Now, that is a forced change, okay? We we didn't ask for that change, um, and it's the most, the forced change is the most disruptive change. Um, it's very disruptive to your business. Um, you have to depending on how many people you have, uh, you have to figure out what to do without that uh, without that person in their position or without those several people sometimes um, that's not in their position for a certain amount of time. Um, it can cause an unintentional redesign of your business. Um, a forced change can cause an unintentional redesign of your business. You have to redesign. You may have to put someone in a position they're not used to. Um, You may have to not run as many calls um, over the next two weeks, whether they're service calls, installs, whatever you do. Uh, If if it's someone in the office, uh, you may have two or three people in an office staff that are no longer able to come in. And you're having, you might have to have people answer the phone that are in accounting so, who knows? But they, it definitely causes an unintentional redesign of business. Now, the impact requires a shift in how we operate. So, we're definitely impacted by a forced change and it requires a shift in how we operate. A cosmetic change. So you got force change. Now you got cosmetic change. Um, a cosmetic change is is very superficial. Uh, we have all white trucks, and one day uh, you decide we don't want white trucks anymore. We want red trucks. So we have to paint all the trucks red or wrap them red, whatever you do. Um, it and, and a lot of times a cosmetic change. is, no useful purpose whatsoever. Um, Maybe, maybe you know of another heating and air conditioning company or electrician or plumber, whoever you are uh, in the trades, and, and maybe they have red trucks and you think if you have red trucks that you'll be just as successful as them. I got news for us, folks. It's not the color of our trucks. It's not the wrap of our trucks. There's, there's there's contests in, in different HVAC magazines where the neatest wrap wins, but the neatest wrap isn't always um, the best company. So uh, I, I appreciate the creativity, but honestly, our trucks are just plain white um, with a very clean looking McAfee logo. Of course, it's got a contact number. Of course, it's got our license number, and it's got our truck number, and that's about it. Very clean. You know, you know who we are. You know what we do. But for me, the less is better, and less busy is definitely better. But that's me. Um, no real benefit to the business over time. A cosmetic change gives no real benefit to the business over time at all. And you, you know, you can change certain things. You can change the logo. You can update it, um, but no real benefit to the business over time. And, and honestly, folks, the impact on this one, it just annoys everyone. <laughs> okay? It just annoys everyone. Um, owners, I, I, I said this, owners cause more problems in their business than any other person in the business. They, they just cause a lot of problems. When you go to a seminar or, or boot camp and you come back with 20 different things you're going to change, that just annoys everyone. That's why in our boot camps, I always say pick one or two. Pick one or two of the big things that you're going to implement in your business and run with it and go do it. But no more, no more, no more than three at the most. If you go back and you try to make too many changes, you're just going to annoy everyone and, and it's not going to be very impactful. Now, incremental changes um, are extremely important, they're extremely strong, they're extremely um, helpful. So incremental changes, a little bit at a time. Um, small improvements to the current business will definitely help the business over time. It, it can it can actually sometimes help it instantly, but it will definitely help it over time, um, it usually adds rather than takes away. Um, it usually adds rather than eliminates. Um, it's less likely to require a significant capital. It's, it's, um, it doesn't require a whole lot of money to make incremental changes. Incremental Incremental changes can be putting systems in place on how the phone is going to be answered. Uh, Incremental changes could be putting systems in place exactly on how a checkup, um, a 21-point or a 15-point, whatever you guys have, um, checkup's going to be done. So incremental changes matter. Very important. And the impact adds some business functionality. It uh, makes things easier. So I'm a fan of incremental changes um, it doesn't happen, it the incremental changes happens relatively fast, too. It, it doesn't take a whole lot of time. Um, I've often said, uh, in, when I worked out of a um, smaller office, we had a round table, and I used to say that we can sit at that round table. Now the table's just a little bigger. So it, it the same principle applies, but you can sit at a, a small business owner can sit at a table with his team members, Leadership team, whatever team you have, board of advisors, and a small business owner can sit at that table, come up with an idea, a strategy, implement it tomorrow, and make it happen. And when you're doing the, and that's what I love about small business. We don't we don't have to go through a board. We don't have to go through a committee. Um, we can make things happen really fast uh, for the good and uh, and and basically kick butt with it. So. Um, it's, um, it adds a lot of business functionality and it, it can be done rather quickly. A uh, structural change, uh, structural change is, I don't know, a, a structural change, you structurally change something. Um, it would, it would be something like, um, over the next two years, here's what we're going to make happen. We're going to make this happen over the next two years. We're going to implement this. And, um, so when you do a structural change, you anticipate future marketplace reality. So, um, we always want to be, we want to be ahead of our competition. We want to be ahead of our customer. We want to be ahead of our, um, uh, industry, you know it's okay to be ahead so be uh, thinking ahead is what i mean you want to anticipate future marketplace reality structural change also allows you to think and plan uh, before you act so um, and and that's a good thing because you can structurally think about it plan it out and before you act and it's gradual versus a forced redesign of your business. It's a gradual change, um, uh, it, unlike um, some of the other changes. It's it's um, it could be a bigger it could be a bigger change, and the impact is it improves control in any environment. So it's going to improve the control in any environment, and. Again, I'm, I'm right here in Kettering, Ohio. It's a suburb of Dayton. And Charles Kettering, many things um, are named after him here. Um, Kettering Hospital, all kinds of stuff. He was an inventor. Um, he, was a, he was definitely a go-getter. Um, but he said, the world hates change, yet it is, the only th- it is the only thing that has brought progress. So I always say, nobody likes change unless it's their idea. I mean, you know, if you think you like change, move your trash can in your office to another location for a full day and see how many times you throw that piece of paper on the floor. So nobody likes change unless it's their idea. And it's also the only thing that brings progress is change. So we'll go through a couple generations. I'm a first-generation company. I visited a company in another state. I noticed how they were doing things. Um, Again, I don't copy everything, but I might R&D, rob and duplicate something. I noticed how they were doing things. It was better than how we did it. And I implemented the change. I came back. I structurally made the change. So it didn't happen overnight it improved the control it can control and when I, when i say when it it can, can uh, improve the control in any environment uh, basically in our environment it can be hot it can be cold and in ohio again it can be lukewarm we can have a recession we we can have a new president which we just have going on right now for the good or the bad, whatever side you're on. And then I want to talk about second generation. The second generation. I've coached several second generation companies, and either they continue to do things the way first generation did, or as soon as they get a chance, they're going to change. They can't wait. And actually they cause a lot of problems because they change things too fast. They don't manage change. And they change too fast. So remember, second generation, as soon as you get the opportunity to start changing things, you better have a plan for what gets changed and when and how. And not just because you want change. Your team will not follow a lot of change and it will not follow too fast of change they don't like it and it is it is not it's not healthy so you've got to have the proper change and you've got to i get the team buy-in by the way i start talking about the change I start talking about it and I ask questions. What do you think? If we were to do this, what do you think? And I start getting the buy-in. I want people involved in the change before I make the change. So, and then the third generation, and it goes the same way. Um, I've never coached anyone above a third generation. So I've never seen, we actually have a company here, uh, Reckworth Lumber. I think they're sixth generation. Uh, that's, that's that's unheard of. I'll be honest with you. Okay. Let's talk about managing uh, Managing tomorrow. Um, think. We, we have to think. We really have to think about tomorrow. Um, why should my business continue? Why should your business continue? What is it all about? Are, are you truly helping people or, or are you just trying to make a buck? So why should your business continue, and what do I, what do you plan to accomplish, and is it worth it? There, there's a lot of people that do have plans, but sometimes it's not worth it. And what do we do? What do we do that matters, and how do we know that? So what do we do that matters? I actually just put something um, part of my website now. I'm a um, if I haven't mentioned this, shame on me. But um, I am a Christian. Um, I have been a Christian for 32 years, and uh, the first book I ever read in my business business book was "Business by the Book" by Larry Burkett, which was bi- biblical principles of running a business. Still apply those today. Um. But I, what do we do that matters? Um, So on my website, by the way, I put a um, prayer request. Um, I deal with a lot, I do a lot of people that, um, I mean, everyone, I I personally, I believe everyone needs prayer um, and everyone, um, whether they know it or not, they, they need prayer. And, um, so anyway, I, I got the idea from another contractor who's a Christian, um, contractor and he put a prayer request. I've never seen that before. I've never heard of it. So I thought, because I work with my community so much and I work with different organizations so much, I thought this would be good for McAfee. So I put it on there. The second day we had it up, I actually, um, had someone leave a prayer request on it. I haven't even advertised it. Nobody even knows it's there. It's little it, on my website. There's two places. They're praying hands and underneath it, it says need prayer question mark. So the second day it was up, I get a, a prayer request that says, um, I'm, I'm a young man. I'm in heating and air conditioning school. I'm a Christian. And my prayer is that I can work for a company, a Christian company like McAfee and get my foot in the door and learn more about heating and air conditioning. So, I let a couple other people read it and everybody's like, wow, that is that is great. So anyway, what do we do that matters? I want to challenge you guys. What do you do that matters? I mean, other than fixing boxes, fixing furnaces, fixing air conditioners. What do you do outside of that that really matters? How many children or families have you helped this year through through your through your profits? And if you say, Greg, I don't have profits, that's exactly why you need to be listening to this podcast and many more like it, okay? Because if, you're not, if you don't have profits and you're in business, honestly, you need to sell your business and go work for someone so you can make more money. And that's just a fact. That's, that's the harsh reality, um, the truth. So you'll have to determine what do you do in your company that matters and how do you know it matters. What, what impact are you making that you know it matters? And where should resources be, re, uh, be invested? Where should your resources be invested? Uh, you know, for us, um, again, we, we have our own foundation for uh, the McAfee Foundation for Children and Youth. Uh, we started it in our 16th year of business. Again, we're going on 31 years. So uh, in 2006, we started the foundation, and we just help. Um, we have... We have um, some, um, guidelines on who we help, but we help children and families in our area. And, and then outside of that, within our company, we help a ton of kids, uh, youth, baseball, baseball sponsors, football sponsors, um, basketball sponsors, uh, the Salvation Army Ray Croc Center. We're a partner with them. We, we help, um, children and family with um, uh, food, so they have enough to eat. Uh, There's different organizations we're involved in. One's called Feed the Creek. It's an area here, Beaver Creek, and uh, I never realized how many kids go home um, for the weekend with no food in the refrigerator. Um, Once I found that out, we're we're a big supporter of that, so we try to help um, put food in boxes for kids so they can take home and have food to eat on the weekend. And folks, let me tell you something that can happen in any area. Beaver Creek is a uh, middle to high end income area and we've got kids going home without food. So that can, that probably happens in your area and you don't even know about it. But anyway, um, where should my resources be be invested Well, not only do I want to continue to build my business, not only do I want to uh, keep my facilities up nice, not only do I want to invest in training for my team, not only do I want nice trucks, not only do I want to look good, but I want to invest in the community and I want to invest in children and I want to make better lives for kids that they don't get a choice. Um, They don't get a choice to sit in the back seat when two people are puffing cigarettes and marijuana in the front seat. They don't get a choice. Um, so I want to help them. So where should your resources be invested? And, um, and then one day you're going to figure out how to, um, you're going to have to figure out rather how you exit your company. Uh, for some of you that have been in business five years, it's not going to matter. Uh, but if you've been in business as long as me, I mean, eventually you're going to have to think about how am I going to exit this thing? Am I going to sell it? Am I, is someone going to take over all that stuff? What's going to happen? That takes a lot of thought, and so I'm going to end on that thought. And um, there's there's some more really good stuff on this that I'll continue um, next week. Um, it is it is fun to be in business. I love I love what I do every day. I hope you do too. I hope you take some of this, what we talked about, and implement it and uh, think different. Um, and I I hope it has definitely helped you. Um, and will help you rather to grow your business, build and grow your HVAC business. This is my book. You can get it on gregmcafee.com or you can get it on Amazon, but build and grow your HVAC business. These are proven principles to grow your business and also make you think different again. So have a great day. Thank you. Carry on and I'll see you next time.